Trap House Mob. <laughs> Roll another one. Sit up, never like you know it's special packing with the motormatics. We gon' set them to have it. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, hey. Woo! All right, the Denver Nuggets got themselves a new face. Bones Highland out of VCU. And we've got Doug Ottawell on the line, but before we get to Doug Chase, you did a little homework, and uh, we were talking about how Bones is a high-character guy. He's faced a little bit of adversity throughout his life, and why don't you go ahead and kind of paint a picture of what Bones has gone through. Yeah, very high-character. I was going through it and reading some of the articles and him talking about his love for basketball, which he seems to just... It seems to be immense, and that's probably what sold Tim Connolly, um, is his love for basketball and his love for getting better and... Um, he talked about that a lot in some of his answers, but he also plays with a little chip on his shoulder. And uh, one of the reasons is he, um, I don't have the age. Uh, oh, okay. It was three years ago. Wow. So this was wow. recent. It was three years ago. So he was probably, what, 16-ish, 16, 17. Um, he, he got caught in a house fire in his he jumped out the window and tore his patella, um, but his grandmother died not in it two days later in the hospital, um, probably from all the smoke. And then his younger brother, who was 11 months old, uh, was pronounced dead at the hospital. So he lost two of his family members in a house fire. Wow. Um, and he was able to get out of it. That is just tragic. And obviously... You never want to have, no one wants to ever have to go through that, but it, it's great for Bones that he's able to, you know, still make it to the league, you know, not let this affect him in that sense. It's an awful, awful situation, awful, awful story, but hopefully he's going to be able to make his family proud, you know, now playing at the NBA level, playing at the professional level, and he is a member of the Denver Nuggets. Well, let's get excited, you know, I mean, this is, this is an exciting day for Bones, an exciting day for the Denver Nuggets, and I, I don't know what Doug is feeling. So let's go on out now to the GoFast Energy Drink hotline and text line and talk to Doug Ottawell. He is the editor-in-chief of Mile High Sports Magazine and Bones Highland, the newest member of the Denver Nuggets. Doug, what are we thinking? I mean, I kind of like it. I, You know, I, I was actually being uh, probably somewhat cynical earlier on in the night saying, you know, a draft night always feels like the biggest non-event for the Denver Nuggets. Like, right. You know they're not going to make a big splashy move. You know they're not going to, you know, uh, find their way into into the lottery territory by making a trade or trading for someone, you know, off another team like we saw the Lakers do. I mean, this just doesn't happen. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, a guy like Tim Connolly isn't exciting on draft night. It's just that you usually don't find out how exciting he actually was until a couple of years later. But – I mean, in general, I like the pick because he strikes me as a player that maybe sort of flew under the radar because of where he played. Um, he looks, I mean, this is just a, a gut check first reaction. He looks like Jamal Crawford to me, mm. he moves like Jamal Crawford kind of, and, and you know, look, I'm not going to bs you guys and say that i've been following this kid since high school i mean i don't i i haven't i maybe saw him play once but you know you read up on what people are saying about him and um 
he does seem to be kind of one of those like flashy sort of East coast scorers. And, um, I, I like that. I mean, I, I think that that's a, that's a guy that you can kind of become interested in, in a hurry without knowing a whole lot about him. And obviously knowing what the nuggets have, I mean, it's hard to crack this lineup, although maybe right now it's not as hard, but, um, I like the pick. Yeah. And he, he's likely not, not going to play next season just from what we know with the Nuggets but he is a guy that could give him a scoring punch off the bench and we kind of saw that a little bit with Marcus Howard this year as a rookie um so he might be able to carve out a little bit of a role do you kind of see that as well um this next season um you know I think one of you guys said it right before you went to break it's hard to see any rookie carving out much of a role with with uh, Mike Malone as as the head coach. I mean, he just doesn't seem like someone who's going to, you know, open the floodgates for someone to realize their potential at a very early stage. But I like the fact that this kid has upside. And when I say that, I mean, he he wasn't sort of the, the guy that, you know, everybody at the ESPN desk is talking about. He's not, But when, they, when the name comes up, you go, Oh man, this kid! This kid can play. He's got some flash. He's got some style on offense. Um, the biggest thing and the, and the biggest reason that I would say you you know will he carve a rollout for himself early on? Probably not, because the one thing you you don't hear about him is that he's a great defensive player. Right. Um, I I don't know that he that he's poor or that he's average or or whatever, but it's certainly not something um, that people were talking about. You know, not. Not in the uh, in the Davian Mitchell sense of hey this guy's a lockup defender and this is why he's going to get time immediately. Um, I think you look at a guy like Bones and you say, hey, this guy might be able to fill it up, and if he can do that, and Mike Malone lets him do that, then maybe he he finds a spot. But that's the thing now is you've got this high upside player. And I mean, Doug, you and I have had a zillion conversations about Mike Malone's tendencies and whatnot. So, like, how, what is the thought process here in regards to how Malone tries to work him in? Because you can't just keep doing this where you're going to draft guys and keep them on the bench. I mean, sooner or later, you're in the apex of your window. You've got to figure out a way to get these guys some minutes, no? Well, I mean, I hate to break this news live and on the air, but I think the Nuggets window just shut again. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can't. You can't do, or you can't watch what we just watched. Phoenix just became an NBA title contender, had a legitimate shot to win it. Um, the Lakers, you know, they weren't going to sit around for more than a year and not be a title contender. And then you know you have you have all the other uh, usual suspects that are, aren't going to get worse and are probably going to get better. And so. You know, you have half a year. The one thing, just to kind of back up, talking about Bones and whether or not he'll find the spot, you're going to have to find somebody who's going to fill um, Jamal Murray's yeah. absence. I mean, he's not coming back in October. So, you know, this is a golden opportunity. And, you know, to your point, we talk about MPJ a lot. Why did MPJ burst on the scene? Because Michael Malone was forced to play him. Because of yep, injury, because right. of what I mean, and so maybe this this is a silver lining in that a guy like this comes in, 
And in any normal scenario, Michael Malone is not going to play him. He's going to make him earn his minutes and earn his way into the rotation and so on and so forth. And maybe right now he looks around and goes, jeez, I got Faco. I've got Jamal Murray hurt. I We don't even know if we're going to have Will Barton. I mean, if I have my choice, we won't. But, I, I mean, maybe this guy literally is thrust into the lineup because of their scenario, and by the time Jamal Murray comes back, they say, hey, we got another guy that could play guard, which is what we absolutely didn't have in the postseason, and who knows? And that's that's all very hypothetical. I'm not necessarily predicting that, but if we're going to find out if he can play, it's because Michael Malone has to play him. It's not because he's he believes that rookies should come in and, and burst onto the scene. A little baptism by fire. And uh, exactly. Yeah, we've been accustomed to that. So we'll have to see. I, I like the pick from an upside perspective, uh, but obviously, you know, the, the defensive liability is still present. H- how do you think Denver addresses that liability? I mean, it seems like we were talking here a little bit. It seems like they got to pivot back to Will Barton now. It seems they're almost forced to. Yeah. And, and I heard you guys talking about that. And I think it's a very valid point. But here's my here's my, I guess, counter to that is Will Barton was on the, on the roster. I mean, I, I granted, he was hurt, and he, and he came into the series late. But it's not like he shut down anyone. I mean, it's not like he was a lockdown guy that, that solved all the problems that Phoenix presented. I mean, it just – he and I don't I, – honestly, I really don't believe that he's ever been that guy. Is he a good defensive player? Yeah, I think he's above average. But I don't – you know, I don't think that he's – when when Gary Harris was here, no one ever referred to Will Barton as the Nuggets' best defender. So I don't know. I just it, it does seem like that might force him into saying, "Well, we need a veteran guard who understands defense, so we better figure out a way to give Will Barton what he wants." Which I don't know. To me, Will Barton just strikes me as a guy that has the potential to become a cancer because he wants a bigger role. He wants to be the man. I don't know what or who he necessarily thinks he is, particularly on this roster. Um, but I I would be happy if another team helped him find that out. Chase, you had a, an interesting point about Denver and the salary cap. And I know Doug and I have had – what was it the point that you were trying to make? Well, there's just uh, quite a few teams in the NBA that don't really care about the salary cap. Right. So why is it such a big deal to the next? Explain, Doug, explain to everyone listening out there Kroenke's unwillingness – or the, the pain that it takes him to have to go into the luxury tax. Because the point that we're trying to make is you see Golden State, you know, they're, they're pushing all their chips in regardless of the dollar sign associated with it. They want to win. That's not the same. It's not apples to apples across the league, especially here in Denver. No, and I, and I think the reality is that the majority of teams who are contenders are into the luxury tax. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but if I'm not mistaken, Milwaukee was one of the more expensive teams in the NBA this year. Um, and they're not a huge market. I think, and going back to what you were saying about Stan Kroenke, I don't think that Stan Kroenke refuses to go into the luxury tax. I just think that in my mind, in in my sort of observation, I think he, and when I say he, Kroenke Sports, however you want to define the ownership um, here in Denver, if if they're very, very close, I think that they will flirt with that if the exact right scenario comes along. Right. 
if they're on the bubble or if they're that six, seven, eight, and the, you know, a nice piece comes along that may or may not put them over. I think they look at that. I, I don't, if, I think if LeBron James called and said, Hey, I want to come to Denver, I think they would, because I think right. that in, in their mind, that, that puts them into the contender conversation. But I think, and this is just from years of observation, if it's the Nuggets or the Avs or whoever, it, if they're good and they're an entertaining product and they have a puncher's chance at getting into postseason and, and making some noise, I think status quo is always just fine. I think if, you know, I go back to when, when Carmelo Anthony was drafted and they instantly thought, hey, we, we have a legitimate superstar. And they went out and brought in some real talent. At the time, Andre Miller was pretty uh, highly sought after. Kenyon Martin was definitely highly yep. sought after. And they did, they did pay a lot of guys. And I don't, you know, back then I'm trying to even think what the luxury tax or if there was a luxury tax. But I think that the bottom line in Denver, meaning the accounting bottom line, is, is often every bit as important as winning so long as the team is pretty good. Right. Um, I think winning a championship is what everybody wants, but I don't think, I think, you know, you, you talk about all the other teams that are into the luxury tax already. I think their definition of close and Denver's definition of close are probably different. Right. And I think that's kind of what it boils down to. You know, I, I don't think that, you know, Golden State would go into luxury tax just to, just to go into the luxury tax if they didn't have guys that could win already. Um, I think they're trying to find that elusive, what are we missing how could we, you know, give Clay and Steph a little more help? You know, that kind of thing. And I think there's, uh, you know, I wouldn't say no price is too high, but I think they look at it differently. I think if Denver is in the same kind of boat, and they really kind of are if you think about, you know, you've got the MVP on your roster, you've got Jamal Murray who, you know, who comes back hopefully fully healthy, that they're right back to that kind of bubble level. But, you know, do, do they do they go out and make a splash, um, or or do they kind of go, hey, let's let's ro- let's ride with our guys and let's not upset the apple cart and not not necessarily spend any more money? I don't know. I, I think I don't have a whole lot of faith that they you know doubled down, so to speak. Right. No, and I think it's it's the right way to look at it because it's just history repeats itself, and we've seen how KSE and whoever you want to coin it kind of operates here. Um, are you at the point now with this Bones pick? Do you? It, it's a little bit of you know, like we said, he plays for the A10, not as well known. You know, was ranked as the third or fourth best guard available on many people's big boards. Are you just at the point though where you kind of sit back and just trust Tim Conley's thought process fully? Uh, when it comes to the draft, sure. I mean, I, you know, for as critical as as you can be, and uh, and I have often times of what the Nuggets do or don't, you know, do when it comes to free agency or trade opportunities or whatever, uh, it's pretty hard to fault Tim Conley's assessment of young talent. I mean, he's, he's done some pretty impressive things when it comes to the draft. And that's quite honestly, that's why the Nuggets are in a position where we're even talking about titles or talking about, do you go get this piece or do you go get that piece? Because he's built this team through the draft, which, you know, 
I mean, depending on who you agree with or who you read, that's the only way Denver would ever do it. Right. I don't really believe that because, you know, I, I think NBA players, they don't go to cities. They go to teams or they right. go specifically to play alongside guys. I mean, anybody would have gone to Cleveland when LeBron was there. Right. Um, I just I think it's more about that. Yeah. But, no, but you know, Tim Connolly has put together pieces, you know. Do guys across the NBA want to go play with Nikola Jokic? They should. Um, do they? I'm not. I don't know that. Yeah. No, I agree. I just think, at least from the drafting perspective, you know, it's just I. I don't know the name, but it's almost like when I don't know the name and Conley's the one picking it, like I just I feel okay with it, you know, <laughs> just because of his his, tra- his track record of picking these types of guys. Yeah. When it comes to the draft, I mean, you know, the old adage of he's the smartest guy in the room. I kind of I'm into that with Tim Connolly. I, I do think that their scouting department is is really really excellent um, yep. when it comes to pulling off the big deal or maybe um, you know whether it might be something as simple as as firing or hiring a new coach. That's where I kind of think okay is he the is he the guy with nerves of steel? Uh, I don't know. I don't really know. Right. He will always do you right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with you for the most part. I think at the end of the day, like, there's one, the one facet of the game with Tim Conley that I think we can kind of lean back on is his drafting and developing. Like you said, pushing your chips in, making the big move. That's kind of the question mark at the end of the day with Tim Conley. But I, I like the pick, Doug. I really do. At the end of the day, I think it's a high upside pick. They took a little bit of a flyer, but they've got a high-value player at the end of the day. So I'm looking forward to see how it shakes out. Yeah, I do too. I, I almost kind of wonder if Mike Malone is sitting around kind of feeling <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's this guy that just beats the drum of, we got to play defense, and, and they just keep going out and getting guys who are – so so on defense but have the ability to score i mean and it kind of brings back to the conversation of like i think tim Collins put together a really nice roster especially when healthy obviously but is michael malone the guy to bring this roster along or the guy to bring a player like bones along assuming what what we're hearing is true that he's not any kind of a defensive stalwart you know is that is he going to get opportunities from a coach who insists on hard-nosed defense? I don't know. Yeah, that's the million-dollar question, and I guess we'll have to see how it all shakes out. But, Doug, my man, thank you for a few minutes of your time. I know it's getting late out there, so get on back to doing whatever you were doing, but thank you for joining us to uh, talk a little <laughs> bit about these Denver Nuggets and uh, Sir Bones. Hey, you bet. Good job on the show tonight, guys. I've been listening and uh, – I've, I've learned some things via the show, oh, so uh, okay. appreciate it. Well, Very thank nice. you, Doug. We'll have to Maybe do it again good soon. Things, but at least some things. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, there he is, Doug Ottawell, <laughs> editor-in-chief of Mile High Sports Magazine, kind enough to give us a few minutes of his time. And uh, away we go on the Mile High Sports Draft Spectacular. Three guests down. We did them all. Ryan, great. Jeff, great. Doug, great. And now we get to kind of put it all together, put a bow on the show, and then we get to go home. Let's go ahead and hit a break. The Mile High Sports Draft Spectacular. We put a bow on it right after this. Mile High Sports Radio. The future like Leo the Psychic. You can't date skills and wife it. Uh-uh. 
And you can't tell me bull, we know the prices So what your life is, we gon' roll till the wheels fall off Your mom, check the tires, off we go Let the trumpets blow, and hold on Because the driver of that Billy is a pro The ruler's back